Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Hello, 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 hello. Welcome to Hardcore Listing. My name is Christopher William Glasson. Sat opposite me via the means of Zoom is... Stuart Roy Whiffin. Good morning, Christopher. How are you? I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. We're recording this on uh, the 19th. We've uh, just woke up after uh, a kind of um, deflated evening of uh, Euro football. Uh, we're not going to go football on this podcast because Chris and I know bugger all about football. But mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. did watch the England game last night um, d- purely because I had nothing better to do. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I just hoped for something a bit better. I was very impressed, like um, seeing the passion of the Scots always. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, woke up this morning. I've had a haircut today, Chris. I can see that you haven't. Um, yeah, well, um, just before we get into uh, today's episode, I feel like I need to um, discuss uh, your shirt. Um, How can you even see it? Well, I know it's like um, it's it. I, I mean, I presume that uh, Brian Harvey uh, has had a has had a garden sale, and you've just popped round. <laughs> He's 17 and picked up some urban camo. I'll tell, I tell you one thing, how rude you're being. You're being rude to a former guest. Really? This is Ricky Hall's brand, Indigo and Goods. Right, okay. And it's wonderful stuff. Like, it's so hard-wearing. Like, it's mm. all it's all manufactured in the UK because I'm a racist. Yeah. Uh, because I like to support UK uh, production and manufacture. And the material is just so hard-wearing, the cotton in it. Mm. Um so I'm really a big fan of Indigo and Goods. I, I, you know, we're not we're not sponsored by these guys, but I just think they're 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 a wonderful label. So yeah, that's what I'm wearing today. I'm wearing a camo print t-shirt, um, but so, my beard is absolutely out of control, and I, I need to have a little um, little sharpen up with the hair as well. What do they do? They, they come in grey through it now. A little bit of grey dye through there or something. What are they doing with that with your hair? Well, we, you mentioned uh, Indigo there, so let's just take a break and talk about our other sponsors. <laughs> Right, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Moto Recall. Yes, it's one of those lifestyle utility apps that every phone should have. It's got the practical, the nostalgia, and the dream. From 18 to 118, there is something for you. It's what you make it. Day-to-day reminders of tax and MOT on your cars you've in your current garage. I 
for one, sometimes been driving around in my car not being MOT because I forgot. So it's a bit of a lifesaver. Absolutely. I mean, never buy a second-hand car without knowing the history. You know, Providence. Moto Recall, make sure you aren't caught out by allowing you to perform a full Providence check on the vehicle. With just the car reg, is there outstanding finance? Has it been in an accident? Is the mileage legit? You'll get the full picture, powered by experience, with a data guarantee. I wish I'd had that in the past. And and with this app as well, you can build your historic garage with photos and data that you can not only look back on for yourself, but you can share it with your mates. You know, every car is a memory. You used to have that cat in the hat car. I'd love to have seen that. I mean, if you don't have an historic garage, like build out your dream garage. You know, what has caught your eye? What are you dreaming of owning? And the best bit is free. Up to 50 cars and provenance checks are pay-as-you-go when you need them. Experian aren't as nice as the Moto Recall team, of course. Download the app for free. Search Moto Recall in your app store. M-O-T-O-R-E-C-A-L-L. Moto Recall in your app store. Uh, Hello, this is uh, Charles, um, Chaz from Love Beer. Uh, and, and I'm here to tell you about why I sponsor uh, Hardcore Listing and what, what love-beer.co.uk does. Uh, I am a fully certified by the British Beer and Pubs Association for bar installation with a focus on home and office bars. I have loads of home bar clients who have really enjoyed the service during lockdown as well as corporate office clients like Facebook and HelloFresh. I offer a complete solution from installing the bar equipment right the way through to keg supply. I also offer regular maintenance packages for those who want a bar without all the hassle. Hello, this is Charles also from Love Beer. I just want to also let you know I'm fully licensed to sell kegs. We can supply loads of different products from mainstream beers and ciders right through to trendy craft beers and even Prosecco kegs, all delivered to your bar by a certified technician. Also, why I'm here, have I mentioned the Land Rover Beeries 3, which is a 45-year-old XMOD Land Rover Series 3 that we have done a complete restoration on during lockdown. The 3 Beeries 3 is a custom-built, high-performance bar hidden in the back of a Land Rover. The bar we have installed is capable of doing upwards of 500 pints per hour. We're about four to five weeks off having it all back together and ready to show it off. And I'll be launching an Instagram for it this week. Nice one, Charles. Nice one. Hello, I want to take a moment to shout out one of our wicked sponsors, eggfried.com. They are a streetwear brand. They produce t-shirts, sweats, hoodies, handmade denims. It's all inspired by hip-hop, punk, choir fashion. It's really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, head over to eggfried.com and and have a look on the website because it's not just the design, it's the layout, it's the website. You know, the creative team over there are absolutely on point. There's just some, some great stuff there. And and not just for adults as well. They've got Small Fried, which is their range of kids' <laughs> clothes. And if you want your kid to just look beyond cool, like head over and check that out. And they've given us a discount code, right, Chris? Yes, Egg Salad. If you type Egg Salad into the discount coupon section, you get yourself a tidy little discount. And when they send out the stuff, it is packaged exquisitely. You get little goodies in there, stickers, and it's all wrapped up beautifully. So check out eggfried.com. Okay, lastly, we want to thank, and certainly not leastly, we want to thank, is leastly a word? 
Oh, no, it's really not. Right, we're going with it. <laughs> we're going with it. So we want to thank Luke Van Boom. Luke Van Boom has a company called Bang Boom Creative. Luke is a, a long-time sponsor of this show and a friend of this show. If you see the pictures of Chris and I on the socials advertising this podcast, them happy snaps were taken uh, by the genius that is Luke Van Boom. I mean, that's just the tip of, of, of what he does. Chris, do you want to explain a little bit more about what Bang Boom Creative does? Yes, it's all about fresh, innovative production. So they're all about content with a heart and soul, making films of all kinds, shooting dynamic photographs and putting smiles on faces. They're passionate storytellers, working with a diverse range of brands of all sizes. You know, Their work includes short film, viral video, animation, hidden camera stunts, product demos, live action, 360 imaging and music promo. And they've worked with a ton of companies as well. Universal, uh, BBC Children in Need, even the Mayor of London, Katie Piper, the NHS, the Dogs Trust. They've, they've worked with a lot of companies. It's, it consistently blows my mind, you know, the stuff that you've just said there. Why does he have anything to do with us plums? Stop talking him out of it. Right. <laughs> There you go. Okay, uh, so Christopher and myself, George Clooney, will be talking today um, about um, top five movie scores. So uh, we, and, and that was suggested by Ali, was it? Ali, uh, Ali Moo. Yes, uh, I think she suggested soundtracks, which was your initial suggestion. But mm. I'm sure we've done that. I'm pretty damn yeah. sure we've done that. So, so Ali, this is for you anyway. Yes. Because um, soundtracks is epic. And we you could probably do another three other um, podcasts on that. But uh, you, you, you sensibly suggested um, musical scores. And what a treat it's been this morning. Going That's through. It. It's been a real treat. Have a cup of coffee and uh, going through, picking my top five and looking at all the different sort of like uh, connections between the films and composers and stuff like that. It's been a, it's been a real treat. Because I think... Nice. I don't know, like, I, I guess in my late teens, I started realising how um, I didn't actually before that realise that the music was just as important to a film mm. um, as, as you know, what you're seeing, mm. you know, how it stirs up your emotions. We've said this before. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed setting up this and, and doing this as a top five. And I'm sure there's going to be some crossovers, but there's plenty there to build and elaborate on because there's some Absolutely. big hitters. You could easily do a, a top five on... One P- composer. Partic- particular composers, right? Mm. Um, so, yeah. Well, we should also say, if you like hearing uh, Chris and I talking about top fives, don't overlook Patreon. Uh, we've don't just overlook come... it. Just don't no, don't. It. Don't. Just go and look at it, in fact. Um, because this week, Chris and I had done a, a live episode on Zoom and invited all the Patreons along. Uh, and it was wonderful. We sit there and we do... Um, a live chat we've done top five 90s comedies and we throw it open if you want to take your mic off in the zoom call you can get involved yeah and, if you want to take your top off ad. in the zoom call you can do that as well we do shots and by the end of it we're all naked really www.patreon.com forward slash hardcore listing but it is a wicked it is an awesome community we have there um, yeah, it I really feel like is. everyone's getting to know each other really well now Mm. Um, and it's just so fun to to have that and have the uh, the the patrons chip in and you know say things that are, are way more um, witty, funny, insightful, intelligent, um, intelligent than us two. Yeah, what you say, yeah. Like, um, I I think uh, 
what you should also say as well is, um, aside from the live ones, we do put out an episode every Wednesday on Patreon as well. So uh, that don't go out to the masses. That just goes to uh, uh, that gang. And uh, also what you do get if you become a patron is access to a back catalogue of probably 250 episodes as well that have never been out. Um, so you can go and get stuck in and listen to some absolute drivel from Chris and I. Um, and Scroobius Pippikins has been super kind as well and he's given us the the videos to the drunk casts so you can actually go and watch the drunk casts over there you can see uh chris i pip romesh brett rich jade adams like yeah you can watch all the drunk casts over there so go and um get stuck into them and my mum my mum's on there as well yes your mum uh featured quite heavily uh yeah. this week on the live oh, show well, oh yeah she did she did i think <laughs> i got told off three times yes did. um and yeah and this episode uh which isn't a Patreon episode, the video of this. So if you want to watch um, our ugly mugs, you can, um, that's another thing that you get on Patreon. You can watch all the episodes. We put up the uh, the Monday and the Wednesday episode each week as video as well. So there's loads over there. And fundamentally, the most important thing is you're helping support uh, the podcast. And yeah, as mentioned, Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash hardcore listing. Christopher, you can start today. Yes, I will start today. I'm taking the mic off of you like we're in a cipher, a rap cipher. I'm starting with an upbeat, happy one. Don't get too used to that, is all I'm going to say in my top five. My number five is uh, Jan Tiersen, who did the score for Amelie. Okay. Now, Amelie, so I, I thought, I was thinking of it. I was trying to just, you know, when I do these top fives, I try and write from my gut to start with, all the ones. You, I mean, as um, you said that, you're writing with your hand. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, but sometimes I stick a pen in my belly button. And um, and Amelie was one of the first ones that came up. It used to make me cry a fucking lot, this film. It's such a beautiful, lovely, upbeat French movie. Um, and, and I really recommend people uh, watch it. It must be from, like, 1999, that film. Um, I reckon it might be older than that. It might be. It might be a little older than that. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it goes much further than that, because I remember it being, like, a big hit for me at uni and around that era. So... Um, it's a delightful French comedy set in Mont- Montmartre, uh, and it became a massive global smash. Uh, it tells the story of a whimsical, shy waitress who decides to change the lives of those around her for the better. Um, and the composer was a chap called Jan Tiersen, and they did this Gallic sort of score, and it's got nice little piano moments in it, and an, and it's just the accordion in it that just makes it feel that like whimsical. It's just beautiful. Um, and it just makes me cry. I think a lot of uh, the ones that have made their way into their top five, they either make me cry with this sort of like beautiful sort of joy of, you know, the bittersweet beauty of life, or they just make me very melancholic or um, haunting, I guess. That's that's the one. That's it. Me, Amelie, very happy. Um, go and watch it. What a, what a bloody splendid film it is. It did was you... 2001, in fact. Fuck! Chris, I did have a... Uh, I did have a little look. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, yes. Yeah, uh, oh, lovely. Lovely. Um, what a film as well. It is. A beautiful film. It's a bit like she, she finds this box of memories. I think it's somebody else's memories. And I just, I don't know, I just in floods of tears. It's been a while since I watched it, so I might have to give it a... Wicka, wicka, rewind, select, ta, ta, ta. Um, for everyone uh, listening, that wasn't a sound effect. I just did that straight out of my voice. Wow. Yeah, I know, man. Do you know what? Sometimes I think 
I just think I don't think you could ever impress me more. And then every now and again, I know. Bingo. Well, I'm wearing a vest as well today, so ah, <laughs> it's just going mate. mad. I see um, uh, Molly put up a little video. You 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 posing with your new trousers on as well. <laughs> You had your little fisherman jacket on, didn't you? Little jumper. My fisherman waffle knit jumper. Yeah, and, uh, your little woolly hat. This is goes to show after I buy clothes, like that you know when I've got a new piece of item of clothing on. That's ridiculous. You, it's like you, I know you, they're you had, new. You rolled them up, didn't you? you had little white socks on. Yeah, white trainers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you look yeah. very I, cool, mate. I'm wearing them today because it's Saturday, right? And a lot yeah. of the week I, I like lounge around in like just like my loungewear. So yeah. it's that Saturday dress up, feel nice. good. You know, live your best life and all that. Absolutely. What's your mate. number five, matey? Uh, shame. Oh, well, fucking uh, courses. Are they all shame? Uh, are they? Four of them are, yeah. Okay. All right. like, uh, <laughs> no. I know what your number uh, one is. Um, uh, yeah, it's it, it's shame. And although mm. it it is a soundtrack, um, I'm going to Have go... you fucking cheated straight no, away? No, I haven't. No, Have I haven't. you cheated? No, I'm going for the score. Okay. So uh, the the music that was written for the film, mm-hmm. um, and so the, the composer is Harry Escott, uh, and there is a, a track on there that is nine minutes, and it's called Unraveling, and mm. I, I don't expect you to remember it. I don't think I can't even remember if I've seen. Shane no, yet. no, but the, the track because when oh, okay. we went swimming, me, you, Tom, and seventy six. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we got into the mountains, and I put some music oh, on. Oh, that was it, right? I put that on. Yeah, no, no, uh, I remember that man. Mm, it's beautiful, uh, and yeah, and I mean, it's well documented that uh, obviously everybody thinks that's my favourite film. It's mm. not. I just mentioned it twice, and then that was it. Obviously, <laughs> you fucking idiots were just like, "Oh, that's obviously your best film, then." Oh, fucking, I was mentioning <laughs> that fucking film again. Oh god, yeah, uh, and <laughs> but yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, the, the soundtrack itself is really good, but um, yeah, the tracks Brandon and Unraveling uh, by Harry Escott, which is the, the 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 kind of the classical score to it, is is fucking lovely, and I'd recommend anybody to go and listen to it. It's very somber. Um, not all of mine are somber, um, uh, but this is definitely probably the most uh, sort of sullen of, of mm. my choices, and it's. Uh, yeah, it's lovely. So you've got a few more up-tempo, happy ones, have you? Yeah, yeah. A few more pump-up ones in yours. Okay, you're going to bring the mood down? Uh, yeah, right then. Um, the Thing. Mm-hmm. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So this is uh, Morricone, Ennio Morricone. Um, it was John Carpenter movie, one of my favorite horror films. Maybe my number one. Maybe my number one. Um, and it's simple. And it's 80s. And Carpenter was a fan of Morricone. Um, and the other producer suggested, um, who should we get for this? And Carpenter, I think, was too busy uh, filming. So he was like, yeah, let's let's get someone in. And they picked Morricone. He was up for doing it. His background is mad. Like, I was looking into that this morning, like Morricone as a, as a composer. And he was into all sorts of weird shit. Um, as uh, writing music back in the day, and um, he was he was a schoolmate of um, Sergio Leone as well, the director. So yeah, so he was making quite experimental stuff. That so even though you, you think of all these spaghetti western stuff, actually he he wasn't like uh, unfamiliar with the sort of like soundscapes that Carpenter kind of was producing himself. And the first few things that Carpenter um, and Morricone made, uh, Carpenter said they were too uh, intricate and he wanted him to simplify it a little bit. So that's what Morricone did. Um, and then it came out with this, like Carpenter said he went and sat in on when they took it and they had the orchestra. Whose orchestra was it? I did have a look at who, what orchestra it went to. But he went in to see him perform it and he just said it just brought this absolute darkness and desperateness to the to the sort of the feeling and the overall feel of the movie and it really does come across like that from the very first start of the thing it's such a um moody drawn out theme tune that just slowly dribbles through the film with that sort of like heartbeat and then the synths and stuff like that it's wicked and in actual fact he um used off cuts so that Morricone did Hateful Eight when he was over 80 years old, he did Quentin Tarantino's Hateful Eight. So and that's Django. What... Oh, did he do Django as well? Incredible. And uh, he used some of the bits that they dropped from the thing. He actually then picked up and used within the Hateful Eight theme tune, which ah. actually, now saying that, I listened to some of the Hateful Eight's uh, theme tune uh, t- score today, and you can hear it in there. It's still, because obviously a lot of that's filmed in just Lost in Snow mm. and stuff like that. And you get you do get some of those vibes in it. So, yeah, the thing it's uh, that that's my number f- four. Number four, yes. Have you got any more Morricone in there? Um, it just depends where you go. I think um, I don't think so. I think I decided to leave it at that. Uh, there's like you could do a top five of his. So I imagine that you you might throw throw one or two in there. He's did he's done some great ones, absolutely amazing ones. Um. I haven't um, oh, okay. got got any uh, on there. Yeah, well. Um, although I do think that uh, I'm just trying to think of the. I mean, growing up, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. it's impossible not mm-hmm. to uh, 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 acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, once upon a time to... in the West, he did as well, which was another 
sort of like very famous spaghetti western. Uh, it, it wasn't that. It, the, the one that um, uh, was, oh, I had to bought it. What, oh, bloody hell, I can't think what the bloody film's called now. Uh, oh, if you describe God. it to me, mate, I'll have a go at um, uh, what happens in it. Right. Uh, the Mission. Oh yes, uh, yeah. and so yeah, I had I have that on vinyl, uh, mm. and that oh, is nice. a, that is a beautiful score. Um, I think I bought that in about 1988. I, that was probably like the first grown-up record I ever bought. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't like anything else that I was buying at that time. But yeah. I remember uh, my mate John had it, and I was like, "Wow, mm-hmm. that's fucking brilliant!" I got very, I saw the film when it came out. Got very little recollection of that, but the yeah. score. Um, yeah, absolutely beautiful. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Ennio is definitely, you know, regarded as as a great, right? Absolutely. Yeah, he's he's yeah, he's the bomb. What's your mm. number four, mate? And look at uh, What's that I can hear? I don't know. It's not me. Oh, it's coming out of my phone. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, so my number four. Um, Right, I'm not gonna. Right, okay. So, my number four um, is going to be Jaws. Yes, I I suspect this might be your number one. I kept it out of my top five, mm. just to throw in some some others, thinking it'd be in your top five. But I mean, it arguably is could even be my number one in many in many regards. Well. It's only that one piece of music, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just mm. obviously that cello of that. It's yeah. like it, it's brilliant, and I think uh, there's another one that I'm going to mention that if you watch it and there's no music, it doesn't work. And I mean, just seeing someone swimming without <laughs> that score, yeah, is nothing. Mm. And like, whereas if you think of Jaws, which is yeah. you know, as we've both discussed, one of the greatest films ever made, mm-hmm. without that score. It just doesn't work, does it? No. It's like that that music is so integral to the tension and the the you know the 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 whole all the pivotal points in that film involve where's that shark when's it going to happen and that is all signified by that score. Absolutely. And I, and I think it's so you know if you mention jaws to anyone everybody will instantly just go do them because yeah that's that's yours isn't it so yeah, yeah i mean absolutely. we've we've spoke about that film a gazillion times on this podcast so th- there's not a lot more to to sort of add to it you know everybody knows the jaws theme and how terrifying it is and yeah if you was in the sea and the coast guard then started blaring out the jaws theme you get out well, I, he hasn't even had to. That's how powerful that is. He hasn't had to. Up until uh, even the last time I was in the ocean, if I hear it and I've swum out quite far and I hear it, I I, I have to turn around. Mm. I have to turn around. I, I, you know, like to, to, for that to affect you for that long is mm. just so powerful. And it does sort of like, that is the whole thing about horror films is about fear and fear of the unknown. And then, therefore, you know, that music doesn't show you anything. It just makes you feel it. Mm. And that is so much more powerful. Like when like Spielberg sat there with a big fucking 
six nineteen foot electric shark that mm. on looks shit on a good day, um, and seven minutes of footage. That that save you know he clever directing and really good storytelling and great acting, brilliant. But to yeah. add that fear, to add the fear of it, to make it really a horror, really you've got to have the fucking you've got to have the theme tune. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and yeah, I mean John Williams, fuck me, I mean arguably the Godfather of it. I but, think so. You know, of let's scores. not start rattling him off because I'm sure he's going to feature more. But okay, yeah, sure. Of scores, I think so. So we, like, mm. we'll we'll put a pin in that, mm. um, and we'll see where we go. But yeah, uh, amazing shout, mate. Amazing shout. So this is my number three. I'm so stacked. I'm, I'm going to struggle to get any of this in really. So. I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna go with the Aliens theme tune, mm-hmm. which again I listened to today, and um, it nearly runs. The whole score runs for 112 minutes. Well, I didn't listen to all 112 minutes. I probably listened to 20 minutes and, and and chose different bits. Yeah. And the score goes obviously like many of them goes from scene to scene, and how they bring out notes and introduce new new, new overtures and whatnot in it. Mm-hmm. And it just tells me why, like I've, I've told you recently, like in the last five years, probably my favourite producer is a guy called Lorne. And um, and I can pin it back to like this. I can pin it that far back to that. And there's another science fiction uh, theme tune that didn't make the top five. I don't know if... It, have you got any other big science fiction ones in yours? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's possibly that one. Um, but you listen to how... So the guy's called James Horner, who's a composer. And originally he had six weeks to compose a score. To my mind, six weeks doesn't feel like a long time to compose a musical score. And when you realise that it almost runs the length of the movie. Yeah. And then, do you know what happens? All the production things changes. He had two weeks to come up with it. And um, supposedly him and Cameron had a bit of a fallout, which is no surprise because Cameron, Cameron's quite a taskmaster. Um but what you got was this insanely good, haunting, scary, uh, melancholic uh, theme tune that's got like he used different like weird sound effects like re re recording things off cape cassettes and stuff like that alongside just loads of different layers of violins. Hence why I think violins is my favorite favorite instrument, and it's just absolutely incredible. And then you know Horn has done fucking loads. As well, so he he went on to do ones like um, Titanic. With that was the next time he worked with um, what's it? What's his bollocks? Um, James Cameron. But he's absolutely done um, a shit ton more. I'm gonna I'm gonna find someone. We 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 had a few more off. Um, but yeah, he he's absolutely smashed it out of the park, James Horner as well. Like didn't realise how many he'd done. I've just got to uh, find some. Uh, you're welcome to say something while I just... No, put, no, I'm just going to watch you look really sort of, uh, uncomfortable. Awkward. Yeah. Do you know what I felt awkward about when we did our top fives on the Patreon? Like, we did top five comedies. And even though I prepared for it, my mind went... like My mind was just going blank when it came to, like, the, the comedy scenes. Like, okay, Chris, you've picked this as your comedy from the 90s. Why is that? And I'm like, yeah, because it's funny. It's like... That's not good storytelling. That's not, that's not the way to, to you get You didn't some... do yourself any favours insofar as you also chose quite 
obscure ones that most people hadn't seen as well. And then what? you couldn't actually then go in on them. Either. Yeah, yeah. And I had other ones to, to pick as well. And I just thought, oh, well, that maybe that's even a bit more to. He did Braveheart. Oh, I uh, watched that last night. No. <laughs> did you? How was it? Uh, long. Um, <laughs> uh, I watched up until about one o'clock this morning. Um, and... Yeah, yeah, and then I've, I've, I've recorded the rest, even though I've seen that film a lot. But yeah. Melvin Gibson's like great in that. Re- really, really like that film. <laughs> and, uh, it is yeah. really good. Uh, he did Apollo 13. He did uh, as well. He did, um, sure, he's done more. Avatar. I really liked Avatar, and I did like I the music in it. I thought that was good. Yeah, there you go. There's some more for you. Anyway, more for your pipe. Okay. What's your number three, mate? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Uh, my number three. Um, right. Uh, well, I'm going to go Star Wars. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's... It, it could be my. It should be my number one because mm-hmm. it's probably had the most profound impact on mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, to the point, whenever as we spoke about last week with Leon, you know, when that stab hits you at the beginning of the film, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. But even like scenes like um, when Luke's in the land speeder and he's he's, he's charging home because mm-hmm. he knows that his aunt and uncle are probably going to have been killed. The the the, the tension and the drama mm-hmm. in that music. Just when you first see, you know, whenever you see Vader, bomb, 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 it's like just fucking brilliant. Like, yeah. um, it's yeah. it's my number two, mate. And like, oh, okay. Know, in in fact, really, I mean, like John Williams almost, uh, he, he he like transcends it. He's he's yeah. he, like he's done all the best. He's done all the best soundtracks that it's almost like. I, I disqualify him because he's almost too good. Like Star Wars, Star Wars, I think taught me about soundtracks, musical mm. scores, and like the idea that you can have different motives coming in for people like Vader and the Empire and the Rebellion. And the, mm. there's nothing like that. Like even like at the start of the movie, we were talking about how many times has John Williams' music featured in our discussions in the last three weeks? I mean, we could do up. top. We could do top ten John Williams. I really, uh, I really do. I'd easily. love to do. I'd love to do that at some point. Actually, I, I really I, would. I, I reminded myself of uh, that shame thing, and I bumped a John Williams uh, last minute. Yeah, uh, that is pure euphoria, nostalgia, and joyous, <laughs> and and that's just one of many. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, look, let's not reel all his other ones off because I think we should at some point do another list. Okay. It's just John Williams. 
Um, but I will say, like, even the ending of Star Wars, when they're getting their medals, how good do you feel? Yeah. Like, how, yeah. like, yes, obviously, it looks incredible when they're all lined up and it's, you know, they're getting badges and, you know, Chewbacca's had a fucking blow, blow and go and stuff like that. And uh, blow and go, is that is that right thing? I don't know. <laughs> that sounds like something, something you get. In a, on a phone box or <laughs> I don't know he's had a blow dryer um, but you know that music is like oh my god there's nothing you, you just feel like that is what cinema's for like, I, I sometimes yeah. think like when Molly like Molly's generation when she talks to me about movies and it, it, I, I can't help but be a bit of a prick about it like she'll go my favourite movies like something like Angus Thongs and Perfect Snogging and I'm like you, you can't like you might enjoy it but you how can you compare that to what goes on in star wars like narratively acting you know soundtracks special effects production value like it's just so big like you finish yeah. the end of star wars and you want to run out of cinema and just you know you know do a dance it's just so good so mm. he's the man john williams absolutely an absolute legend should anyone see uh, Chris Glasson doing a little dance in a car park? Just now, you know he's probably just watched one of the uh, the Star Wars films. <laughs> not for not for twenty years as a Star Wars film made me want to do a little dance in a car park, Stu. I can fucking tell you that. Um, so yeah, that was I'm, my that was uh, well, my number yeah, two. You, you, you're wrong. Force Awakens is fucking brilliant. Um, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. I, unfortunately, it's one of those ones where some movies don't. For me, uh, stand the test. Like they start to wear out a bit, and unfortunately, the notions that um, th- there's so many beats repeated in the previous films that it just like for me, like something like Rogue One is 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 superior in every fucking in every category. Rogue Did one you do one of your little dances after that? Pretty much. Well, there I, you go then. Rogue you One. You just said was, twenty years. All right, all right. Rogue One was the absolute shit in my right. In my there we go. Opinion. They, they, right. he, Gareth. I think it's Gareth Edwards did everything that they were supposed to do for a Star Wars film mm. and, and 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 make it contemporary and have a like a, a, like a great female protagonist in the lead role. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that they didn't manage with the rest of the Star Wars films. Anyway, um, I, mean, I mean, you're wrong, but yeah. All right, cool. Okay. It is good. Don't get. I did enjoy a lots of it. Mm. Right. Piss me What's, off, man. I'm upset you. Uh, I'm sorry, mate. I'm you sorry. Have a little bit. I'm not going so to it's so well. That was my number two. So I guess we're that, on your number two now. That's weird. We've like I've, I've not said anything about John Williams other than just it was good. But yeah, I mean, like <laughs> just back to the Star Wars motive for me to add a little bit more. I guess on top of what you when they started releasing the computer games, like even like X Wing versus Tie Fighter, which I mentioned the other day, like. You'd sit in the lobby waiting to, like, you're selecting your ship and that, and it just had the Empire theme tune. And I've just got mem. The fact that I've got memories of uh, of a, of a, of a, not even the actual game of uh, that game, but the actual, like, just the login page when you're Mm. not even shooting anything, you're just going, oh, I'm going to pick this TIE Fighter. That shows how fucking amazing that that score is. Yeah. Absolutely. Smashed it, mate. Smashed it. Absolutely. Um, Okay, my number two um, is from uh, Mr. Bill Conti, uh, and it's the Rocky theme. Oh, incredible. Uh, I think that's one of the most... Um, that's great. What's the word? Like, 
inspiring songs because whenever you hear just the opening, right, you know that like Star Wars, the opening credits is going to be the words Rocky going from left to right across the screen. Yeah. Uh, and then you know <laughs> at some point you're going to hear that song for a montage, yeah. and especially in Rocky 2 when he starts running through the streets. And then, the, I mean, uh, it, it's just genius. And it, it's like if you listen to that as a piece of music, that's got all of the best bits of like the score within that film is one track. So you've got like the getting strong now, and then you've got the bit when whenever Rocky wins, all within this one track, and like you get the whole journey of all the Rocky bits, you know, from winning to training montages to opening credits. It's one track by Bill Conti, and the brass is fucking incredible on it. It's like. It's just a brilliant tune, and like when you hear the full version of it, I mean, if you're going to go for a run, stick that on because like you're in a montage, man, and it's like, yeah, I I, I think it's from the very like like Star Wars for me growing up watching Rocky films constantly, and yeah. just you you know, however tacky it is, and if people want to say that they don't get goosebumps, they're lying when their montages start, them training montages, and there's just a super cool-looking dude just having the best workout, boxing. Men, men who say they don't get goosebumps from listening to that soundtrack are the same men who say they don't pee in showers. Exactly, Fucking mate. Liars. Thanks for backing me up there, mate. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so uh, Bill Conti, uh, the Rocky theme. It's uh, an absolute pump gonna, up. Gonna Fly Now, I believe, is the, uh, is the track. Gonna Fly Now. Mm. So I'm gonna. Did, I'm gonna did, be sorry, just quickly. Here. Did you did you ever see the video? Because obviously, if you go to Philly, mm. you run the steps. Yeah, you right. have to do it, yeah. right? Uh, and have you ever seen the video that someone got of them running up the steps? And when they got there, Stallone was filming a scene from Balboa, yeah. and <laughs> they get to the top, and fucking Rocky's there. Like, how incredible must that be? <laughs> just going. I mean, I would fly to Philadelphia just to run them steps. Yeah. Like I'll probably make it about halfway up and have to take a knee, but like, but I would love to fucking go there. And there's, there's a statue of Rocky. The fact that Rocky Balboa, the character, is in the Boxing Hall of Fame, mm. Mm. Stallone gets inducted into mm. the Boxing Hall of Fame. That shows how inspiring them films have been for yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. How many boxers credit that film as the reason they went and put the gloves on and joined a boxing club? It's like. Ah, oh, wonderful. Yeah. What a tune. What a tune. That's without even talking, you know, if we're talking soundtrack, that's when mm. it gets into Eye of the Tiger, yeah. Hearts on Fire, mm-hmm. Burning Heart, Living in America. Ah, oh, oh, so good. Anyway. There is jizz flying around everywhere here. <laughs> it should be my number, it should be my number one. It um, is. Because I feel like I'm doing a particular... Um, you're, I know you're going to go really fucking miserable now, no, aren't you? No, no, uh, yes, I am. Like As yeah. miserable as it gets. But I feel like I'm doing a massive disservice to another composer who's got more bragging Careful. rights. So I'm I'll, not going to say that one. I'm going to go my number one. But if I after that, I'm going to say talk about the other composer who I think, uh, if you haven't picked him, 
I, I've got a big composer um, that I've not yeah. mentioned yet. There's two that I, I think we, we've we've ignored, um, and it isn't my number one. Although on another day, one of the five of his could have been. Um, but I'm going for um, uh, Clint Mansell uh, and Luxa Turner from Requiem for a Dream. Hmm. I think that defined my depression. That... <laughs> it defined my sort of like um, choice that strings like violins and stuff was my favourite instrument and Luxa Turner is just one hell of a fucking score for Requiem mm. for a Dream The like, you know there's not many more depressing films mm. out there than that um, yet, yet brilliant yeah um Schindler's List, maybe I don't know. Um, John Williams, that'd be for another day. Um, I don't know, mate. Like this, this, like it's been used in so many other things as well, and it kind of annoys me that then there's like fucking the rugby on one of the rugby ch- uh, things about ten years ago. They were using it in the background, and I was just a bit like, I don't know. It was kind of annoying me that it had found its way there. But it is just the most incredible piece of music. And I think I've told you before that one night after a bit of a bender, I woke up and my mate was still downstairs in our place in Tufnell Park. And he'd just been playing that same song all night long. And he was still awake drinking. And I was like, Matt, I barred him from, from coming over our house for a while. I had to bar him because he'd like filled up the sink with cigarette butts. And there was just half drunk. Glasses of fucking vodka all around the house. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Um, what can I say to that? So Aronofsky, he, I read this thing that said the John Williams, the Darren Aronofsky's Steven Spielberg. So like he is the sort of like the, yeah, Darren Aronofsky's version of John Williams. Uh, he reflects the doom stories of the psychological drama with his haunting minimalist score. The standout piece, Luxa Turner, whose relentlessly hammering strings drive one of cinema's most gloriously melancholy scores, has taken on a life of its own, appearing in Assassin's Creed among among other video game soundtracks and film trailers. Yeah, it's it's just a, it's such an incredible piece of music. Absolutely, uh, and yeah, uh, amazing film. Uh, don't need to watch it again. But uh, <laughs> it, it is a great film. I'm and not Clint, ready. Man- yeah. Clint Mansell, what a dude, you know. Um, we, we spoke about him before and yeah. the thought that my formative years was jumping around to Pop Will Eat Yourself and oh, I never in a million right. years thought that fucking the crazy dude from, from the Poppies would end up making this incredible music. And, uh, yeah, Clint Mansell's an absolute dude. Um, and, yeah, that's, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful piece of music. Um yeah, yeah, can't 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 really add anything else to what 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 you said about that, but yeah, love it. What's your number one, mate? Uh, my number one is Hans Zimmer. Yes, um, brilliant. That was the guy I wanted to talk about. So, uh, very glad. and uh, and I'm going to go for the track uh, "Time" um, from the film Inception. Amazing, uh, amazing, amazing. I I tell people to watch this like on YouTube um, because it's. Unbelievable! He's playing a concert, Zimmer, um, and he plays this track. Which I mean, Hans Zimmer is not short of uh, incredible scores to uh, to pick from. But this track, um, when he plays it live, uh, the guitar parts on it are Johnny Marr, 
uh, and Johnny comes out, and they've just got this, um, I, I, what I would maybe say a, a classically trained vocalist, I don't know if that's how you mm-hmm. describe her, mm-hmm. but she's literally just warbling, and I mean that with yeah, the greatest yeah. of respect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's fucking yeah. amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. It builds and builds and builds, and Johnny's just playing this, guitar loop really just and it but it just slowly climbs and it's unbelievable i um i ended up uh still not got johnny on off the beating track but i did speak to his son niall uh and and niall's got a sort of successful career as a musician but he's also hans zimmer's guitarist uh and so we're sort of chatting to him about you know how is it touring the world Mm -hmm. with hans zimmer playing guitar and he just says it's uh, you know in- incredible. You know you get to when you see Hans Zimmer concerts, they're in these huge, stunning buildings of all shapes and sizes. You know, and full orchestra. I mean, I've still never seen a classical concert, uh, and I don't know why. Let's you know, do I, a Hans Zimmer if if we can. If if he if he performs in London or something, let's yeah. go. Let's get tickets and go. Well, I, I looked at it. Um, after someone introduced me to that track, because I, I thought the film Inception was pretty good. I'm not a massive, like, you know, it's not something that I'd go back and or ever say it's one of my greatest, mm-hmm. you know, watches. Um, but that track is, is sublime. And, and after seeing that, I was like, right. And I went and got sort of balls deep in, in Hans Zimmer's soundtracks, yeah. uh, score, <laughs> sorry. And I was like, right, I'm going to go and watch Hans Zimmer. <clears throat> uh, and he was playing in Vienna. And it was like, 90 quid a ticket and I just thought you know what I'm just going to fly to Vienna and, and and just go and watch him like what a cool place to see him Absolutely. and like and then the world stopped uh, but yeah so when you know we finally find ourselves allowed to do stuff again you know properly and uh, with, with zero restrictions yeah and, and Zima does something let's, let's go and let's do that let's fucking do it man absolutely like so I don't know how he got muscled out of this top five. It's just the different things. I'm so glad you brought him up. But So one of the ones in recent times that I absolutely love that makes me really emotional and break up is the Intercellar one. Mm. And um, Christopher Nolan kind of just like said he... Christopher Nolan feels that that's the closest someone's got to matching the imagery he's producing sonically. Mm. And I fucking love that score. It is a beautiful grand score that sort of like feels like like it's like it's cosmic in size and and the, the mystery and beauty of um all the things that we we barely have got a grasp on in terms of science and that was like what nolan was doing in that movie he was trying to write these big science concepts and i like i had never got like i was dating a certain uh, dating a person not not molly and we'd never gone to see a film, never gone to see a film. And we went and watched Interstellar, at, uh, like, ev- you know, one of these everymans where you get fucking, you get a sofa yourself, put your feet up and they bring you a drink and some, some fucking special popcorn. And, and I, I was, by the end of it, I was crying. I wasn't bawling, but I had tears running down my face because I think the, I think the concepts in it are amazing, like big scientific concepts that, are, you know, I guess if you're well into science, maybe there's big flaws and holes in it. But for someone who's not, you know, that smart or scientifically switched on, but probably likes to think I am a little bit, it's perfect for me. 
and and yet and then you have like how he solves it and how like you know the the plot the story arc completes and how the sort of like peaks of that um musical score align with it are just fucking incredible Hans Zimmer is just the don like him and John Williams there's a couple of others but they too like you know he did um the gladiator theme tune and and I listened to that today. And again, You've got to say score. You can't say theme, theme tune. Score. Sorry. 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 Score. <laughs> he did the he did the gladiator theme tune. And uh, I think he done the A team as well. <laughs> yeah, did the A team. Like yeah, I started welling up. Like, what are how, the A team? How good was Gladiator? I always forget. Gladiator was a monster movie. Like mm. it was. It was so good. Like it had a little bit of something for everyone in there. Sword and Sandal, fucking epic. Great acting by Jack Green Phoenix and fucking uh, y- your man. Um, what's his bollocks? Harry Australian. Why is his name? Let Michael Hutchins. No, it's f- fuck you. Know what you're trying to do? Come on. It was in Rumper Stumper and all those other ones. And yeah, I really, yeah. I really like him. What Russell Crowe? Thank you. <laughs> I've, I've told you the story of my my uh, with the Gladiator outfit, haven't I? I can't remember this one. Hang on here then. My brother's wedding. No. So my brother got married oh, in Russell yes. Crowe's garden. Yes. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. No, the, 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 the listeners have heard that one probably two or three times, Grandad. All oh, right, cool. All right, Uncle Albert, if we don't want to repeat that one again. I mean, it's, it, I mean <laughs> it doesn't help that I can't remember anything. So I, I'll yeah. make you repeat them. No, I've never heard that one. And about right towards the end of it, I'm thinking... This is at least the tenth time I've heard this on the podcast. <laughs> this is my own fault. Um, yeah, no, I, I, it's a great theme tune. It really is, and that's not always done, is it? Like Hans Zimmer has fucking smashed um, quite a few other theme tunes out of the park. Can you think of any others that you want to throw in there? Uh, what honourable mentions from Hans Zimmer? Yeah, 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 yeah. Or you can you can say any other honourable mentions as well that you want, mate. A couple of honourable mentions that I want to throw in there mm-hmm. um, for uh, euphoric nostalgia mm-hmm. um, will be E.T. Good show. Um, mm-hmm. When when uh, the BMXs take off and that music kicks in. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Again, yeah. obviously Williams. Uh, Superman, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. Uh, both incredible scores. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's. I'm just trying to think of of of, of other scores that just have absolutely blown my fucking mind. Um, yeah, I think it. it nah, I'm going to go with. I'm going to stick with what I've got. I'm, I'm certainly yeah. not going to change anything. And are there the honourable mentions that I want to mm-hmm. want to throw in there? Um, there's loads of. Uh, there's basically just loads of fucking John Williams ones from there. Yeah. Oh, shout out to, to Vangelis, you know. Um, yeah. Can't not Blade mention, Runner, that was the other one I thought uh, you might throw in there, which uh, definitely has formed my sort of like uh, uh, musical sensibilities. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, and, and Chariots like of Fire. Cyberpunk type um, thing, yeah. Like, you know, an iconic mm-hmm. piece of music. I listened um, to that this morning because I couldn't remember it. What, I was Chariots like, of I know, Fire? Yeah, I was like, I couldn't remember it. And then I listened to it, I was like, oh, that is an epic, epic, epic yeah. score. Yeah, yeah. Um, really catchy theme tune that one. It's a really catchy theme tune, uh, but yeah. So yeah, I'm done, mate. All right, a couple more just not honourable mentions, just personal ones. A, a big Papa Joe would love this one, but um, Alan Silvestri did the Predator theme tune, which I think is fucking 
hectic. He won. He, I think he won an award for that. Um, You're not even trying to be funny by saying theme tune now. You've literally gone back to saying theme tune yeah, in all seriousness. Yeah, no, no, I'm just being serious now. So that's how I think of it. You think of it how you think of it. You happen to be correct. I'm wrong. <laughs> knock, knock. I don't give a shit. And I'm not answering the door. You can stand outside all you want trying to sell me that. Yeah. I'm, you're not, I'm not letting you in. Um, who, hey, Sylvester also did Back to the Future. He did Forrest Gump. Uh, Lilo and Sitch, Polar Express. He's done loads of Marvel Cinematic U- uh, Universe ones. Um, so Sylvester is a Don as well. Um, he's done loads of big thumpers, uh, but he's one for Predator. Just it's just such a powerful, powerful uh, theme tune. So yeah. Oh, and I had one more other person. Uh, a shout out to uh, the geezer who did. And I think I never thought of saying this until I saw this today in like one of the lists. But Howard Shaw did the Lord of the Rings ones. And he did, uh, yeah. Listen, he did eight Sorry. different themes and motives for that. That's oh, fucking. Yeah, do you know what? It's they're both. Just... They're all three-hour-long films, mate. Imagine oh, the work he had just... to do. Boring. You know what? Oh, he I've did... got. I've got to make a song that's going to work with like a fucking dragon orc or something. Like, oh. Jokes Bore on you, off. mate. There's no such thing as dragon orcs. Well, it probably ain't, but none of them are as good as fucking Police Academy. It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present Our Core Listing, the podcast.